Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us for the Nobleman Podcast. This is episode number 46. We're still talking about the question of what are men looking for. And I'm super excited because uh, the youth pastor at our church, Mike Camary, who's discipled all of our kids, and we're so thankful for his investment in them. But Mike is with us, and we're going to talk about what are these young men looking for and what are their parents looking for in terms of help. So, Mike, thanks for joining us today for the Nobleman Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mike. I'm super stoked to be here and excited for the opportunity to to, to talk to the listeners today and just uh, be encouraged myself by just just your company and and this uh, this opportunity. Well, I'm not so sure how good my company is, but <laughs> let me so so let me throw something out at you. I'm going to get started with uh, with this premise. Here's the premise: manhood is confused and corrupted in our culture, and and in our time. Just this whole season, we're not sure about manhood, and I find that many young men and young women are uncertain about what manhood really is, and they're fearful even to explore the topic because of the top toxic masculinity issue, the, the stigma, the rhetoric that comes with that. So there's this desire to understand manhood, but there's this reluctance to engage it because it's it's hurtful or ugly or hands-off. What What's your reaction to that? Do you feel that in your role? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Especially, you know, culture tries to define manhood I think in a couple of different ways, you yep. know, specifically movies, TV shows, songs, music, things like that. But then also like the the influence of social media yep. is is huge as well. And so you have a lot of these what we call social media influencers that are really influencing the culture when it comes to to biblical manhood and even womanhood as well. So so yeah, I think there is a massive confusion going on uh, and our young people are are trying to figure out what it means to, to, to be uh, a man of God or a woman of God, you know, created in his image with specific purposes. Um, and so, yeah, I completely agree with that, that, uh, that there is uh, mass confusion and corruption uh, because of that. Yeah. So now I kind of get ahead of myself sometimes and we <laughs> dive into that. But let me back up because I, I want you to kind of tell folks where you are and what you're doing and why you have... Uh, a scope of understanding and perspective on this. So, so tell folks what you're up to. For sure. So, uh, so currently I serve at Parkway Baptist Church, uh, and I'm the next generation's pastor. So I oversee specific ministries in the area of student ministry and uh, college and young professionals. Uh, so uh, that's sixth grade all the way up through the age of like 25, 26. Right. Um, and so I've been at Parkway 13 years full time. Uh, I was there f- uh, a total of seven. I've been there a total of 17 years if you add the part time years as well which yeah. is kind of crazy and awesome and that great. is unbelievable yeah yeah it's wild it's it's really wild so i my family and i started visiting parkway the second sunday it was a church uh, wow. so i was a junior in high school um and so we've been there ever since so it's just neat to see uh, and to be a part of a church plant and now uh you know we're celebrating 19 years as a church yeah. this year which is wild so just thinking about all what the lord's done in all those years has been amazing um and then uh in october i just started serving as the statewide student ministry strategist for the SBC of Virginia. Yeah. Um, so uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. And the scope that I have is, um, is student ministry is, uh, you know, 10 years ago, it was the millennials, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out who the millennials were. Now it's Generation Z, those born between 1999 and 2015. And uh, just trying to, to help uh, our church, parents in our church, but also now churches statewide. How do we how do we know this generation? But then also how do we how do we disciple them? Yeah. Uh, because I believe you know this is the largest generation our world's ever seen. But 
in that generation, only 4% have a biblical worldview. Mm. And of churched uh, teenagers in this generation, only 9% say, hey, you know what? I, I adopt Christ as my life. I desire to pursue a relationship with him and live that out amongst my peers. And so, um, so we're, we're at a, we're at a, a critical moment for the church to, yeah. to really pour into and disciple this generation. But I've also seen that, that Mike, like this is, it's a very open generation mm-hmm. to spiritual things because of everything that's been going on, uh, you know, not just in 2020, but even before that different school shootings and things like that, you know, real, real big, uh, events that have happened in this generation already and they're questioning and wondering what like, why is this happening and what's the purpose of life and 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 I mean where do I go when I'm experiencing yep. hardships and, and tough times so um so yeah so that's kind of my scope and my passion and the Lord put that on my heart when I was 12 years old he called me into ministry when I was 12 and so uh so yes yeah, so I just I, I strive every day to, to serve him and try not to get in the way too much you know <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is not I I try to give our guests a list of questions and as Mike was was talking about this it made me think of a of something that's not on his list so I'm gonna I got a couple of things I'm gonna throw at him but here, here's an interesting thing I think there's a story you saw your dad come to faith in Christ is that correct yes and and you saw the transformation that took place in his life and that was formative for you mm-hmm. so I know that wasn't on your list but tell a little bit about that story yeah because that I mean we should never get tired of hearing of the miracle of change come lives. on bro yeah man absolutely um so I was seven years old we were in North Carolina at the time and um and my dad my dad is a guy who um who just worked really hard yeah. you know i mean he, he was instilled uh, that was instilled to him by his dad who worked really hard um to provide for the family mm-hmm. and so um my mom for for the longest time was was the big faith driver in our family taking us to church i mean i I don't ever remember a day not going to church when I was a kid, which I praise the Lord for that, you know. Um, But I remember seven years old, uh, and the Lord had just been working in my dad's life. He had gone on a mission trip to Ukraine um, to build houses. Before he was saved. Before, yeah. Did you guys hear that? You go on a mission trip before you're saved. Yeah, and so he he did that, came back. The Lord's working in his life. And then I'll never forget the day that he walked down the aisle and and gave his life to Christ. Uh, And then as a seven-year-old, I was like, whoa, like— that's my dad. Like God's working in his life. And of course, like my dad would, would even tell you if he were sitting here with us today, he'd say, Hey, look, I'm not perfect. I didn't get it right the whole time, but, but I love that because, because it was genuine and authentic, you know? And, and then he got baptized and that was one of the most like crazy, awesome days as a, as a kid, seeing my dad baptized. And, and whenever, whenever, um, we have adult men at our church, uh, come forward and, and want to get baptized, I always tell them, like, look, you don't understand what picture you're painting for your kids. Yeah. When they see you obey Christ in, in baptism and they and they see you uh, show public profession of what, what's happened on the inside of you, like, that will be burned in their brains forever. And it will be a huge milestone for them and marker for them. And it is for me. Yeah. You know, and that was huge. So, so then three years later... I found myself walking down the same aisle, mm-hmm. you know, and giving my life to Christ and being baptized in the same baptismal as my dad. And so um, so it was just a, a very powerful moment that is one of those, you know, spiritual markers that you read about in like Joshua 4, right? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. look back and the you... Ebenezer stones yeah. that you put the markers in. Yeah, man. And you look back and you're like, yes, like that's where I, I is a significant, significant 
part of my spiritual journey, um, seeing my dad profess faith and, um, and, and be baptized. And again, he, he would say, Hey, I'm not perfect. I didn't, I, yeah. I still don't get it right. But the fact that he daily walks with the Lord is, is something that, that is just huge. And you me. saw a change in his life as Absolutely. a result of that. Absolutely. The yeah. old is gone. The new has come. Yeah. He's a new man in Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, and it's just been neat over the years to see him uh, grow in his faith, but then also like make big decisions for our family um, in moving here, you know, Um, but having wrestle with that um, and, and really seek the Lord in that, I think, I think was huge. Hey, two things come to mind. Boy, just recently at Parkway, uh, a young dad was baptized and uh pastor derek asked me to come up and and be part of that and in that moment i went to the row and grabbed the kids and say come up here stand close to your dad you don't want to miss this yeah i love oh that. my goodness i loved that so cool and that's why i love our our i love our portable <laughs> baptism because it allows for that you we'll know? dunk you anywhere <laughs> that's right that's right you <laughs> we know? can get right there yeah so but here's the other thing i you recognize your dad as a provider mm-hmm. and a hard worker so you saw some qualities in your dad that you recognized even back then as this is what a man looks like and does um now that that's not necessarily a spiritual man but a man who cares for his family you saw some qualities mm-hmm. there so to jump into where we're going next um david um when he was about to die I'm in first kings chapter two you know this Um, When David's time drew near, he commanded Solomon, his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways, keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all you do and and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. I, I read that, I'm, I'm reading that with each podcast this month, because here's here's what challenges me. Solomon had some sense from his father of what he meant when it said, be strong and show yourself a man. Hmm. And and I think right now, if we were to go out and pick out a hundred folks, a uh, hundred Gen Zers, a uh, hundred millennials, and and just ask them what does this mean, I think it would be all over the place. I, I'm not sure they have a grasp on what manhood is or should be. Mm-hmm. So, are you seeing that confusion in our culture and that lostness in in the youth that you work with and and so forth? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, in in our culture, you know, you can define, you know, uh, a a man by, by his busyness, um, by, by his, his workload. Um, you can even define a man by his, I think, emotional strength as well. I think, I think specifically in Gen Z, they, they are really big in in emotional health, um, Mm -hmm. you know, anxiety and, um, and depression reigns, prevalent in that generation so someone who's who's even emotionally strong would be looked at as as a as a strong man and so yeah i do think that uh there there are differing opinions and differing definitions out there uh when it comes to manhood um and i think i think they're going to continue to change i i I just see that 
th- this culture and this society is is constantly changing. Yeah. Um, Barna did a research, huge research project in Gen- on Gen Z back in 2006, 16, sorry, 2016. And they had to do another one just last year because of the constant changing. Yeah, only four years. Only four and they years. went back and restudied the same generation mm-hmm. because it's moving so rapidly. It's moving so rapidly. And I think it's going to continue to move rapidly as well. So, so yeah. So this issue of manhood, I think, is, is very prevalent uh, because of, of these young men being raised in a very confused generation, mm-hmm. very con- uh, confusing time. Um a time that just throws out labels to, to anything, yeah. you know, and says, oh, well, it, it's 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 relativism, right? It's, mm-hmm. hey, what's good for you is good for you. What's good for me is good for me. Well, that's nowhere that's nowhere in the Bible. No, you know? and there's no stability with that. There's Not nothing at all. you can count Not at all. on. And so Not at all. these folks are wrestling with things that are moving around. There's no stable, firm ground for them to plant themselves on. Right. So you're, you work in your ministry with Gen Z, you're, and the other thing I, I hear these called the iGen because mm-hmm. there's yep. such a digitally connected um, social media, always on chats and everything. So you are investing in Gen Z. You yourself are a millennial, mm-hmm. correct? And you're working with folks like me. I'm a Gen Xer. Um, are you seeing discontinuity in terms of expectations of what manhood is among those generations is there as you go to the older folks is there any more clarity or is everyone confused i think i think that's an interesting question mike because i i think that in each generation they have they have their own mindset of what a man should be okay you know i think i think in 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 the xers generation it's you know you know provide for the family hard work you know uh be, be the main provider. Um, I think in in my generation, it's kind of that. But but in my generation, we're very we're very slow to pursue marriage. Yeah. You know, um, and and we have delayed adolescence, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, in Gen Z, man, it's it's literally all over the place. Right. I mean, it's you know, you, with with gender fluidity and 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 those type issues in our in our culture, um, it just makes it hard to to really define that. And I think. Uh, that that disconnect um, is is what the the exer parents are trying to figure out. Right. I think I think there is a desire to understand and know where the Gen Zers are at, where their kids are at. Um, they just don't know where to go to find those. You know, um, because a lot of them are afraid of social media. Yeah. But that's where that's where this generation lives, um, and and they're just afraid of the the constant changing of the culture as well. Yeah. And and so part of what I look at, and I may be able to say some things that you can't in this, um, I don't know, but I think there are lots of folks in my age category who are raising those teenagers and younger right now that, that the Gen Zers, so many of our folks don't have a firm grasp on what manhood is either. Right. And, and so if we haven't been discipled to have a robust and bulletproof definition of what manhood is and be able to articulate and live that out, then there's no way we have anything to give to our kids. And so we end up just kind of letting them follow the current of culture. And 
we don't like that, but we don't know how to come against it. Right. I, I think so. Are you see that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit the you hit the nail on the head for me. And really, all of this conversation is is grasping it at home and living it out at home. Yeah. I think that's a huge disconnect because in the church we can define manhood all we want and we can disciple that way, you know. But if it's not grasped and lived out in at home in front of these students. Uh, that's where I think that's where a big disconnect happens as well. So, so discipling students by living it out in front of them, yeah. admitting failure, admitting mistakes, sure, but but also nailing that definition down, living that out, so that you can pass that on to them as well. We've got some work to do in the church, don't we? For sure, to, for sure, to, to resolve some of that. Now, so you know our kids. So um, our oldest is twenty five i think um then zach is 22 he was on the podcast last week with some with some buddies from Mm -hmm. from tech uh ben is 19 and and one of the things that we're seeing with those guys is they kind of grew up pickled in this juice of understanding (laughs) biblical manhood i mean they they got kind of cooked in a broth here um and so they get some things that some other kids don't. But what we're seeing with their peers is a real hunger mm-hmm. to understand that um, and no real place to find the answers. So are you seeing that hunger to understand manhood and feel that to get get some arms around it? Are you seeing that with the Gen Zers? I think, I think to a certain extent, yes. I, I think there is because when, when Gen Z looks at, at what – what a man is you know in their generation you know they're looking at like i mentioned before movies tv shows music social media and the confusing the the confusing part is is that i feel like the entertainment culture paints man in in a different light than the social media culture does all right so what are you lumping sports culture in with entertainment or do you see sports culture as separate because you're getting pictures there's a lot of pictures of manhood that come in the sports culture too i would i would actually separate that out too yeah. you know um and, and so you you've got these different you know with all of it it's success like success is the biggest is the biggest yeah. definition or definer if you will uh when it comes to i think what what gen zers look at for man so like I mean, this is where you've seen the rise of all these YouTube stars, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, man, let's just video. I'll do a vlog, get all these viewers, and I'll make millions of dollars. Like, well, take Dad Perfect. I mean, we love Dad Perfect. Uh, not Dad Perfect. Dude, Dude Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Right, but take hey, Dad, you should I start mean, Dad Perfect. There you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, you've got a new idea. <laughs> but Dude Perfect, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, and and those guys, I believe, are are believers. They are, yeah. Um, but, my goodness, the, the growth out of them taking trick shots and doing yeah. goofy things with a basketball has been amazing for sure and i think that's where you that's why you can't you don't see a lot of gen z are sinking their teeth into what manhood is is because they're seeing so many different messages yeah out there you know um you know the social media world is a lot of it is hey like i need to be be big and buff and be mm-hmm. able to take a picture you know with my shirt off and get a bunch of likes and followers on instagram you know it's like no, that's not that's not what it means to be a man at all, yeah. you know, um, or or with the YouTube stars like, hey, I got to I got to do something funny and 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 dumb on on video and get all these followers and make all this money. And, and, and then my life is great. It's like, no, you know, and then even like Hollywood and, and all that, you know, sports, you know, I got to be the best at 
at, at, at whatever it is that I want to go after, you know, and, and I'm not saying like chasing after those things is necessarily bad, but if that becomes how you define who yeah. you are, if that becomes your identity, that's, that's an issue because again, in the age of relativism, nothing's going to stick, right? you know, and it's going to constantly be changing. There's going to be a lot of frustration and there's going to be a lot of heartache and hurt. Um, and, and that's, that's just not good. And, and so you compound that with the fact that in our culture right now, in this moment, uh, maybe not so much now. It may be waning a bit, but if you say the word masculinity, what people want to add to that is toxic. Right. And and so um, it's almost like there's this fear of engaging even the question of what should manhood look like, what should it be like, because all I hear is that it's dangerous and destructive. Mm-hmm. So are you hearing kids talking about toxic masculinity does it come up what what are your thoughts about what that's doing to our cultural conversation yeah honestly i i personally don't hear a lot of it uh in the in the different ministry circles that that i'm in um i do you do see it in culture um and you see it represented um in culture um and i think i think that's where we as 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 ministers of the gospel we as even just um believers in christ we've got to figure out and we've got to clearly define what it means to be a man from okay. from the scriptures yeah. you know um and so i think that's where uh even when that term masculinity uh comes up or even toxic masculinity then we will be prepared and then our our kids our students will be prepared to answer that question of well what is masculinity what's yeah. it mean to be a man anyway yeah. you know um and so that's where it goes back to what you mentioned earlier discipleship yeah is is huge in the church but then also in the home and yeah. then it, it be lived out yeah all right so let's let's jump from there because you said we've got to have a definition for manhood we've got to know what it is so yeah i'm stepping in front of mike camary youth <laughs> pastor and say tell me what it means to be a man yeah well for for me i go back honestly to to what i learned through men's fraternity yeah and that is you know um ex, uh, reject passivity accept responsibility lead courageously and invest eternally yeah. um and then uh what i what i add before all of that is you you got to live out the great commandment you got to yeah. love god first yeah and then as you do that the love that you have for god and the and the the love that god has for you is going to overflow out of you and you're going to love others um and so um so so for me that's that's the way i explain uh what it means to be a man and that's honestly what i try and strive to live out each and every day and my goodness mike i i don't get it perfect at right. all and well, I, none of us do and i and i mess up probably more times than i should but uh but i strive to i strive to live that out because i i realize that that god has called me to a um to a, to a position of, of influence, not to sound like boastful or anything, you yeah. know, my heart. Um, but, but, but as, as I lead and as I serve in the roles that I serve in, um, I, I, I realize that this is a very visual culture too. Mm-hmm. So they're watching me. So yeah. like my, my actions better back up what I'm, what I'm talking about. So if I'm saying to our students, like, Hey, I want you to, to share the gospel with your friends. Well, I better be sharing the gospel with my friends or, yeah. Hey, this is what it means to be a man. Okay. Well, well show me how to live that out. You know? So, so for me, it's, it's that, that's, that's what it is. And it's, it's striving to live each day, uh, with that in mind as I, as I, I seek to give him glory and everything. So, and the, and then you talk about the home front. So your yeah. bride is watching you and oh, yeah. your son and your daughter, and they are watching how you love your wife. And so um, you're kind of in a sandwich here with living in a glass house almost. It People is. watching you from every direction. It is. It is. And and 
you know, what I love is my daughter, my daughter's very smart and, um, which she didn't get that from me. She got that from my wife, but, but she's nice touch. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's true. Um, but, but she's very quick to like, you know, point out like, Hey dad, well, what about this? Or, or, Hey, what about that? You know, if I, if I, you know, do something, you know, Mm -hmm. she's very quick to to call me out on it, but I need that. Like that's, that's built in accountability for me, um, to, to strive to show her what a, what a man should be, what a husband should be, what a father should be. Um, and then even really striving to, to serve my wife. I think, I think that's a, that's a big thing, uh, too, is, is a lot of guys, I think in in, in our culture, in our society have lost the sense of, of serving, Mm. you know, that, um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not here to be, it's, it's Jesus, right? It's, Hey, I'm not here to to serve or be served. I'm here to serve. And that's, and that's, that's really what I want to instill in in my son, especially is like, Hey, like like we got to remember life's not about us. Like we're, we're called to serve. We're called to love, you know? And, and so just striving to do that each and every day is, uh, is something that, that that I work hard at, (laughs) or at least I try to think I work hard at, but well, it's a journey. It is. It's a very good journey. You know what? We need people that are watching us um, so that they can encourage us when we might do something well and then come along, put their arm around us and kick us in the seat of the pants when we're not doing something well. And so yeah. we need that all the time. Yeah. And we learn from all of those for things. Sure. For sure. So, all right. So let me ask you, when we, when we talk about investing in young people, um, so you got this definition of manhood. As a youth pastor, h- how do you go about creating the environment where you can really sow those seeds into the life of young people. Can you do that in the youth group or does it need to go up the chain and you're teaching it to the dads or what, what does that look like to be effective? Yeah, I think, I think you can look, yes, both and and everything. Um, You know, for, for us over the years, we've, we've had opportunities where we've had dads and sons together where Mm -hmm. we'll throw a tailgate and we'll do, you know, like, bacon cheeseburgers on donuts as yeah. buns or yeah. you know a low country boil or something just to get the dads and, and sons out there uh and really just take time to instill in them manhood principles and mm-hmm. and encourage dads to hey you know instill this into your into your um your students but realizing also that a lot of dads have never been discipled yeah they don't know what manhood is either so it's it's come alongside to help them realize hey you're not alone. Like here's right. all these other dads in this too. You're not alone. You're walking this journey with them. And really what I try to do is be intentional there in connecting dads with other dads. That's one of the reasons why I encourage parents to come to student ministry events right. is, Hey, like come and be a part, but also connect with other, other parents because you're not alone. You know, cause a lot of times we can think that, man, we're just, we're the only ones going through what we're going through. And it's like, no, no, no. There's a whole bunch of people going through what you're going through. Come together for that accountability, for that encouragement. Um, I think, I think, mentoring and discipling one-on-one one-on-few is huge and that's where i think you can really um dig your teeth into to some of Mm -hmm. these more uh, deeper issues and 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 topics and subjects when it comes to manhood um one thing that i i love that we've done in the past and i'm trying to figure out how to how to kick it back up again is is a high school guys bible study group that's actually led by high school guys themselves and and your sons were a part of that for for a couple years and um and obviously have an adult guy there just for support and 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 whatnot but really uh you know giving leadership opportunities to guys um even even as young as high school age you know because they can lead absolutely and they can they can teach and they can they can serve you know so we got to 
I think that's one thing we got to try and do is we got to not try and, and, uh, you know, baby them if you will, but, but, but man, raise them up and, and give them opportunities to, you know, not be the little kid anymore, but man, be, be a young man, young woman that, that God's called you to be, you know, um, we used to have a noble warriors tagline calling men out and calling them up. So you call them to step out from the crowd Mm -hmm. and then you call them up to something that they don't think they can do sometimes for sure. And, um, that's how some of these young guys are. They're reluctant. They're cautious. Um, because they're afraid of failure. Yeah. You know, I've got, gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to shock you here for just a moment. I I was, I just (laughs) finished up a journal. I can't believe I'm doing this. This was not planned. I just finished up writing in a journal. And so I'm getting ready to put this away. And I found that in August, on August the 6th of last year, I wrote this. Our job as parents is to help our kids collect a box of tools that they can use to do great things rather than a case full of trophies that makes them mm. think they already have. Mm. And so kids are afraid of failure because everything's been successful. They've right. gotten a trophy for everything. They've been congratulated for everything. And man, we need to be helping them develop skills that are going to be useful to them for the long haul. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to think that some of our kids peak in middle school or high school. Right. Their most effective time. It, 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 it just boggles my mind. And so we have to equip them to be an effective leader down the road. Mm-hmm. So, um, gosh, I'm not sure how we got there. But uh, <laughs> but at any rate, that's I, I just think about those things. Now, how do you, you know, pastors are listening, dads are listening. What about separating the guys from the girls for activities and and so forth in the group in the students ministry do you do that uh, i mean you mentioned the high school boys bible study how often do things like that happen yeah yeah we try to we i try to be intentional um as intentional as i can provided space at the church yeah. and things like that uh to provide opportunities for ha- to, to have guys separate things and girls separate things because i i do see the value in it i i saw it as a student myself like yeah. the value of it um and what i love is in those environments there's no pressure from either guys or girls to try to impress one another. Right. You know, cause it's like, man, I want to come in and I want to, I want to impress little Susie Q over there, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I'm going to lay down this big, like theological answer that I right. looked up five minutes before I came to church, you know? Um, which is great and fine, but, but, but when you, when you peel that layer back and you get them just, man, just the guys, um, you know, you have time for them to be goofy and stuff, but then you, man, you're really able to open up to them and really tell them things that you can't say to them in front of, you know, girls, you know, yeah. and same thing with girls. You're like, you, 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 you got to say things to them sometimes without the guys being around. And so we're actually doing that this Sunday, you know, we're going to have a time where we've got the middle school girls separate from the middle school guys and the high school girls separate from the high school guys. And we're going to talk about what, what chasing love is and, yeah. and, and what it means. And so, um, and so, yeah, so I think, I think trying to, to think intentionally as you program out your, your calendar, um, you know, trying to, to fit some of those things in, you know, um, one thing I'd love to see is 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 more um, mentoring and discipling happen intergenerationally yeah. in our churches as well. And even you know, uh, we want our students to serve at church, but not just to fill a spot. But man, what if we what if we had teams like serving t- or uh, greeting teams, mm-hmm. right? That are led by by you know godly couples in our churches. Um, and we say, hey, students, we want you to partner with them. And they that couple sees it not as leading per se the student only but like 
what if that becomes an intergenerational like discipling mentoring relationship yeah. that that lasts for years like yeah. that's what i that's what i would love to see and would desire to see so how do we go about creating that because that's where i was going to go next yeah. I, I i tell you um so the podcast that i did with zach and his buddies they are hungry. They're 21, 22 years old, getting ready to go out and commission to serve our country. Mm -hmm. um, and they are hungry to just spend some time with some older men. Yeah. And I, I hear that from a lot of guys. And then I talk to older guys who say, you know, I just, no one wants to, they're all running all over the place. They got no time. They're, they're, and, and so they're, I, I describe it as a middle school dance where the guys and the girls want to dance together, but they can't seem to meet out in the middle of the floor. Mm -hmm. So have you seen it work? How do you launch an effective ministry to connect, say, the Gen Xers or the baby boomers yeah. to the iGen or Gen Z? for those conversations i think i think one way you do it is you recruit those type folks for your for your student ministry leadership yeah so for me um i've got a a, a couple who are empty nesters mm -hmm. um who are uh i mean gosh they're grandparents you yeah. know but they teach our 11th grade uh small group and uh, they do a phenomenal job. If I could, if I could, if I could carbon copy them, I, I would. Um, all of our leaders do great, but they 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 are um, great at just truly investing mm -hmm. in the students that they have for that year of eleventh grade that that lasts for years. I mean, they still have students coming over that are that are seniors in college for dinner. You know, um, when they're home for breaks and things like that. So I think it, it can be intentional recruitment as 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 you have opportunities for them to serve. I think that's one way. Um, I think another way, too, is is dads encouraging dads that, hey, like you, your son needs other older men in his life. Um, and so a, a, a stat from years ago um, that uh, that I, I picked up said that if if a student doesn't have at least three to five significant adult relationships in their life by the time they graduate high school, there is a greater, I can't remember the exact number, but there is a greater chance that if they have those rela yeah. relationships, um, they're going to stay connected to the church post, post high school. Yeah. Um, and so I think the importance of uh, those relationships is huge, both on, on a personal level, but also in the church. So figuring out ways, how can I intentionally set up uh, areas of, of opportunity for the older generations to pour into those younger generations and so for me it's like i said it's it's finding ways for them to to serve within some of the things that we that we already do yeah so just finding ways to plug those right people in mm -hmm. and and you probably are scanning the congregation all the time oh i am for yeah. those folks that would have the capacity the margin the the empathy um yeah because because mike it's it's i'm passionate about that because yeah. i know for me growing up uh that was huge in my life, you know, um, uh, having Mr. Duncan as my, as my, as my Sunday school teacher and having Bob Wilkes that I could walk to his house, you know, after church, you know, and, and he had a beehive in his backyard. So, you know, just talking life and bees, you know, yeah. and then even my next door neighbor growing up, Stuart Archer, man was crazy. Like he was crazy, but he was always tinkering with something. So yeah. he was working on a Model T, you know, when I was a kid and, and just building that in his garage. And then, 
I mean, it's just so important to have guys like that in your life. And then even now I have those guys who are mm-hmm. older than me, yeah. you know, pouring into me. So, I mean, I've seen the value of it throughout my whole life. And, and I want to provide that for students because there's going to be times uh, a guy has some sort of crisis event in his life and he's not going to go tell his parents first. Right. He's just not. I mean, let's just let's just put that out there. Like, yes, parents are huge influencers in the life of their students. But when a crisis happens, a lot of times they're going to go to someone else. Yeah. So wouldn't you rather have other godly men around your son to go to in those times than not? Yeah. You know, and so uh, so that's just that's just a passion of mine to for for folks. I mean, even for my son, like like Ben came over, yeah. uh, you know, a couple months ago when he was home, Landon got, you know, a new Lego set and said, hey, dad, can Ben come over and play? And I'm like. Well, I don't know. Like he's busy, I, you know. Well, I'll, I'll ask, you know. But Ben was gracious and came over yeah. and hang out, hung out with, uh, with Landon. And Landon loves that. So even my son sees the value of that because he sees me intentionally having those relationships, but then also providing those relationships for him as well. So that's a huge gift that we give to our kids, boys and girls. But I, I think specifically about boys here. Um, that stabilizes them yeah. because it gives them some connecting points and it's just absolutely huge and they are watching guys don't ever think that they aren't watching and they're watching whether or not you have friends and whether they're meaningful friends or if they're just you know goofballs right um, and you know so that's that's part of what we can do for our kids as a gift so speak to the guy um, I, I, I want to we'll bring things to close here with a couple of scenarios where I want you to talk to the guy in the church, and I, I've asked this for every episode of, of this month that we're doing, who, this is a guy who's in the church, who's walking with Jesus, but he knows his walk is not perfect, and he's made some mistakes, and he, he I, I mean, he's not the poster child for, I got it all right. Yeah. Um, and he's reluctant to make himself available to other to young people because he feels like he's he's messed up too much yeah what do you say to that guy about his true value in the kingdom man um we'll try not to get emotional um because god gives us all stories right no matter how bad you've messed up no matter how awesome you think you are god has given you a story Mm -hmm. even in the mess ups what go back to that just like just like we had memory stones of awesome of awesome times you know later on in joshua the sin of achan when when he died they built a stone uh they built stones there to say hey we got to remember what achan did and remember not to do that and so god 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 has given you a story okay and that story is a vital tool all right to 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 allow him to draw people unto himself so if you're the guy that's sitting in the church and saying, you know what, I'm following Jesus as best I can, and I've messed up along the way, but I've learned from it, but I'm still reluctant because I've messed up this, press on. Like, yeah. like come on. Like, like, I need you because I got guys in my student ministry that are going to go through exactly what you've gone through. And God's allowed you to go through that and experience all you have, good, bad, ugly, whatever it may be, brought you out of that so that you can pour that back into someone else. That's the point of a testimony, right? It's the point That's of right. a story, you know? And so I tell that to, man, I tell that to students all the time who, who have deep struggles and going through stuff. I'm like, look, here's the deal. I don't know why you're going through this. I don't know why you've experienced this. I wouldn't want this on anybody else. Like, but here's the deal. Here's what I do know is God is sovereign. He's on the throne. 
and he's going to use that for his glory and for your good. And so I always throw this at him. I'm like, so imagine like you're, you're in your thirties and you're at a church and you're serving in student ministry, which by the way, you should serve in student ministry when you're 30, right? Absolutely. Uh And you have a student come to you at camp or at a small group or at an event and say, Hey, so-and-so I've, I'm, I'm messing up here. What do I do? You can go right back to your story and say, Hey, you know what? I, 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 I've been through that too. Identifying with that student. Right. And then, Hey, here's, here's how God, here's what God taught me. And here's how God brought me through it. And then you just walk with that student. And so I would say like, don't let that keep you. Don't let the enemy use that as a crutch, as a foothold, right. To keep you from doing what God's called you to do. Because God redeems those moments yeah. for a purpose, yeah. for His glory. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, absolutely. And then I would tell that brother, hey, find, find, find another guy to walk life with too in, in, your own, in your own walk, you know, so that you can be encouraged and held accountable and, and pushed to, to press on, like yeah. press on. That's been a, that's been a phrase uh, over the last couple of weeks. It's, it's a phrase we use a lot at the SBC of Virginia right now, but it's true. Like we, we got to press on, you know. Well, you know, a mutual friend of ours, he's been on the podcast before, Brian Autry. Yeah. Um, I, years ago, I, for some reason, I was walking through the office at Parkway. I think it was on a Wednesday night. I might have been when I was working with fourth and fifth grade boys or something. And I, I don't know what prompted him, but he, in passing, he said, Mike, not a day of your life has been wasted in preparing you for what you're doing. That's right. And I got to tell you, I don't, I don't even remember what was going on right there. But that settled in my spirit and gave me encouragement. Um, and I think about it frequently. So even even the bad days, hmm. even the mistakes, even the errors, even the foul-ups that I've made in my life, God, if I avail myself to him and his purposes in my life, none of that is wasted. Right. It's only wasted when I don't yield myself to him and don't give him the opportunity to use it for his glory and the well-being of others to draw them to the love of Christ. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So that is so, so critical. Uh, Guys, not a day of your life has been wasted. Now, let me, let me, so we've talked to the guy who's out there. Talk to the senior pastor. (laughs) Okay. Now be careful here. I, I know, know that's dangerous. I know that's dangerous. But I want you to talk to the senior pastor that um, what do you say about what you're dealing with and how could a senior pastor, because there are guys who listen, I talked to a guy yesterday in Fredericksburg who's a senior pastor and he's got friends that are other pastors. He's telling them about the podcast. So speak to some guys who are leading churches and need to hear from a student's pastor about how they can help you invest in young men. Yeah. Um, senior pastor, I want you to know um, if you do have a, a student pastor on staff, student minister on staff, um, they look up to you greatly. Mm. Um, whether you realize it or not, no matter what they act like or, or what they they look up to you, um, they they want you to walk with them uh, because their burden for the next generation uh, and for the now generation uh, is huge. Um because what they're dealing with is the the now generation of the church. Like the this generation is the now uh, of the church, but it's also the future of the church. So it's it's hey, let's raise up these these men and women uh, to really spark 
uh, awakening and revival in our land and our, across the world. So um, we want you to walk with us. Um, we want you to spend time with us. I think that's a, a big thing in, in my relationship with our senior pastor at Parkway is just once a week we, we get together and uh, there's some sort of an agenda, but it always goes to uh, whatever whatever we're dealing with, you know, whatever mm-hmm. I'm dealing with, it, it, he takes time, you know. Um, so, uh, and then support. I think that's one thing that, that I have really appreciated over this last year with our senior pastor, Derek, at, at, uh, at Parkway is, he went with us to a retreat back in September when I was scared to death about, you know, well, what's going to be the implications because of COVID. And he's like, Hey, we need to do this. The, the, the kids need to be together. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go as a chaperone and I'm, you know what, I'm going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning on Sunday, drive back so I can preach three services at church, but I'm going to be there with you. And so that's for me, uh, is huge. And, and one last thing is we we need you to be the biggest fan of student ministry in our churches, um, and so we want you to support. We want you to to speak to it. We want you to to be involved. Like come hang out. Um, we want you to speak in, into our students. So um, so those are a few things I would say to, yeah. to to senior pastors and just things. Honestly, I'm grateful for 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 my current senior pastor, but then even senior pastors before him yeah. as well that I've served with. So you know. I, I, Part of what's interesting is I hear you say that we want you to be the biggest champion of student ministry. Well, I want them all to, I want you all, senior pastors, to be the biggest champion for men's, men's discipleship yeah. in the local church. And so I, I just say that because it, those of you out there who aren't pastors, you need to step back and at some point recognize the number of individuals and ministries and needs that are pulling on your pastor. And that should be motivation to pray for him. For sure. And, and and just help him with discernment because you want his primary ministry to be his family. Mm-hmm. He has he has to do family ministry first. Mike here has to do family ministry first before he has any credibility with student ministry. Absolutely. And and so you want him to win at home so that he doesn't lose everywhere else. Right. Um so be aware of that. Now, final final comment or question. Uh speak to the parents of the kids who are wrestling with these questions. What yeah. kind of encouragement do you give to them? Um, and, and we haven't done such a great job of talking about the real answer to this is Jesus is the model for manhood. He is, absolutely. And, and so what do you say to those parents who are struggling with, you know, there are parents now who are dealing with kids that are, you know, they're playing around with this gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who am I? What is my sexuality? How do I identify? Give those parents some some encouragement, some hope, some direction. Yeah, yeah, and there and there are resources galore out there on this, mm-hmm. and and as I've I've done reading and researching, the the biggest thing and, and common denominator that I that I have found is parents just loving their students where mm-hmm. they are. All right, like the biggest thing that you communicate you can communicate right now, no matter what your students going through, is love. Love them. Spend intentional time with them. Let them know that you love them, uh, and and um, and just point them back. Point them back to the scriptures. Uh, I think as as parents follow Christ and spend time in the Word, you know, allow that to be an overflow in in conversations that you have with your student. Um, and just love them through it. Love them through it as 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 Christ has loved you through That's the right. things that you've gone through. You know, um, I think about the woman at the well. You mm-hmm. know, Jesus uh, sitting down with her, Samaritan woman shouldn't have been around a Samaritan first, and then 
man, definitely not a woman alone, yeah, yeah. you know, but he loved her enough to go over to her to expose the sin in her life, but then released her to go tell other people what he had done, what he offered. And that mm-hmm. was, Hey, I'm, I'm living water. You living ain't never going to go thirsty again, you know? That's right. Um, and so it's, 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 it's just loving. And then, and then just know that you are valued as a parent, know that you are loved as a parent by your churches. Um, know that, um, that, that we as, as churches and as ministry leaders want to walk with you. So your church should be a, a huge resource for you mm-hmm. as you walk in life, uh, with your student as well. So that's awesome. Good advice and encouragement. Yep. Mike, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Bunch of fun here. We'll have to, uh, continue the conversation with some other, some other topics <laughs> at some point, but, uh, absolutely. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Well, folks, uh, thanks so much for tuning in to the Nobleman podcast, episode number 46. We're going to close this down for today. I uh, thank Mike Camary for being with us to share his heart and, uh, Love the story about what he saw in his dad and and how that influenced his life and his ministry. And um, so, guys, don't be afraid or embarrassed to show your love for Jesus to your family and to others. You you can point them to him. Um, and so we'll be back next week with the Nobleman podcast number episode 47. Brian Gullins, a good friend of mine. Uh, he and I are contemporaries. He's about the same age as I am and uh, we have the same number of kids and all this stuff. So he'll be with us for episode number 47 and we'll look forward to hearing from you next week. God bless you folks.